0: pray. Father we just commit this time to you we thank you for what's transpired we thank you for Mary's wonderful testimony Lord we give you praise for that and now Lord we thank you for those that are celebrating another year physically and for those who've come to know you in in recent times that they can celebrate that with you as well Lord it makes all the difference so Father as we come to your word Lord may the words of my mouth the meditation of our hearts may you take by your holy spirit what is said in human form and lord do what only you can do and bring change in our lives to make us more like jesus amen someone said attack life it's going to kill you anyway Another guy said, the tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. And in the end, there are only two ways to live your life. Albert Einstein said this, one is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Albert Einstein when you think of what he achieved. It says, a great uh, secret of success is to go through life as a man or a woman who never gets used up. Life takes it out of us, doesn't it? I mean, it can be tough going at times. Some people are sitting here and, you know, your circumstances are difficult to say the least a guy called Danny Kaye said life is a great big canvas and you should throw all the paint on it you can life is for living not for enduring and in the end it's not the years in your life that counts it's the life in your years Abraham Lincoln let me say it again in the end it's not the years in your life that counts But it's the life in your years that really matter. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm staying on this theme, we're going to be mad in 2014, aren't we? We're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference. And last week uh, we shared and, and I challenged you and challenged myself at the end of last week to ask God to bring somebody across your path every day to share with and for you to, uh, uh, to encourage somebody every single day. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And many people did a little bit more than what they would normally do. Thank you. There we are. Few people, somebody said on Wednesday to me they had done it every day since Sunday and the difference it was making to their life. So let's put, let's try to put some of these things, not just hear them on a Sunday and forget about them, but put them into practice and uh, see the difference that it makes in our lives as we make a difference, God willing, to other people's lives. I also got you to write out what are you hoping for? Um, in 2014. I got 44 responses last week. This This is the order in which they came. Number one, without a doubt, I think the first eight that I read all said the same thing. What you were hoping for was a closer walk with God. 16 people said a closer walk with God out of 44. Number two was family salvation. I'm so glad that's right behind that. Family salvation. Eight people put down fa- family salvation. And the third was interesting Christian friends or more Christian friends. And four people put down that. So there were a number of other things, but they were the main things. And what I want to I develop that a little bit this week. And I want to talk about living a life... Worthy of the calling you have received so do we really believe that we've been called by God deep down when things are not going right when our back's against the wall has God called you or not what would you say some of you aren't too sure let's read in Ephesians chapter 4 and I want to read it in the NIV, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Just the first seven verses. Unity in the body of Christ is what the heading is. And of course we know there wasn't headings when when Paul wrote it, or was inspired to write it. But as a prisoner for the Lord, notice he's not, uh, he's not writing this from some comfy office chair with all the mod cons but as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received he's talking to believers and if you're a believer here today you have received a calling whether you know it or not whether you're fulfilling it or not is immaterial actually if you're not a believer here today you've still been called by God you just haven't twigged on yet so he says Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love Thank God for the call of God in our lives and thank God that we have been apportioned grace through Christ or from Christ or by Christ. Let me read those same verses in the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making alliances for each other's faults because of your love. You see a fault in me, just cover it with love. We're all human and we've all got them. And we—you shouldn't separate us. They should actually bring us closer together. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Ever, You ever sense a disunity? Well, it's our job to keep ourselves united in the spirit. It's not the job of the pastor or the leaders or somebody who's fallen out. It's our job. Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope Uh, for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. It just gives a little different flavor sometimes whenever we read um, the word in different translations. But Paul here, this is the start of Paul's practical journey in in writing to the Ephesians, to this church. Um, remember Paul's style of writing is almost every book that Paul wrote the first half is theological and um, in Ephesians he tells us some amazing truths about our God they, they would do us good just to listen and go home and read the first three chapters and write down what you find out about God it's absolutely amazing Uh, some of the truths that Paul shares but then in the second part of all his writings what he does is he says that's what we believe that's what God's like now what we're going to do I'm going to say is this is how to live it this is how to take the truth and work it out in our lives not much point in knowing the truth if it's not going to be applied to our lives in everyday life we won't make a difference to people that way with what we know on its own but if we put it into practice, people will want to know, they'll come to us and they'll say, why is it? Why is it you're going through the same situation I'm going through and I'm struggling and you seem to be not struggling? What do you have? What makes a difference? Why, wh- wh- what's giving you the, what do you have that I don't have? And living a, worth, uh, wor, living a life worthy of the calling you have received. Notice in the NIV, Paul says, I urge you, brothers. I urge you, church. And I would say, I urge you, river of life, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The, end, the New Living Translation puts it a bit stronger in one way. It says, I beg you. You know, there's a, there's a desperation We're not here just to fill the numbers. We've got a job to do and we're not going to do it in a little holy huddle inside Lakela. It doesn't work like that. And thank God for this tent if it comes tomorrow and let's see what happens. It'll be exciting. God's going to do something fresh and new in all of us if we're willing if we're willing, that's the key so he says, what is this calling that we've received for every believer, this is the calling to be more like him our number one aim is to be more like him in the way we think in what we say and in what we do and I would nearly put them in that order because the battle is for our minds and we're bombarded across the way And if we don't win that battle, it doesn't matter what we say and it doesn't really matter what we do. We won't have the authority. We won't have the assurance that that what that what we're actually saying and doing will be backed up. We've got to get our thinking right. And if our thinking isn't right, it's not going to cut it. Because it affects our identity and who we are and what we're about. Certainly what we say and what we do is important, I'm not saying that, but we need to get our thinking right because if we get our thinking right, and that's that's not what Paul said in Romans 12, be transformed by all that you say, be transformed by living a good life, be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what is God's good, pleasing and perfect will. If we don't let our mind be transformed, guess what? We'll have difficulty understanding the will of God in our lives. That's how the transformation comes, by not just saying, well, I I was told I'm going to amount to nothing, so I'm going to amount to nothing. People in this room have been told that, and it's a lie from the pit doesn't matter who said it. It wasn't God. Because God has this unique way of seeing the potential in each one of us. And as I look around here, young and old alike, do you know what? There's enough potential in this room to change Athlone. That was a good place to say Amen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's enough potential within you and me to change our flow there really is because the wonderful thing about potential is it has potential it just it just keeps growing up. if we get a hold of it we can't stop We'll do things we've never done before. We'll say things we've never said before. We'll go to places we've never gone before. We'll experience things we've never experienced before. So this is it. We've to be more like Jesus. And then we've also to live like he did. So there's a being and a doing. But the doing comes out of who we are. That's the key. But we need to get out there and do it. In our families, in our workplaces. If it's out in the streets, so be it. Wherever it is. If it's on a golf course, if it's in a... uh, Where you socialize, it doesn't matter where it is. If it's on a dance floor, it doesn't matter where it is. We've got to do it. And we've got to be life. And we've got to show people that there is life. You know, that Christians aren't sticking the muds. But we are different. We are different. We're not the same. We are different. And we need to not be ashamed of that. It's a good difference. Thank God. I've sat with some people just recently and they've gone through heartache. And you know, it makes me wonder how they go through it if they don't know God. It is such a difference. And we need to know that we are different and not be ashamed about it or not try to hide it. But that we are we're not the same. We're from a different planet. Like I said last week, hope, our goal is heaven. That's where we're heading. And we need to live on earth as if that's a reality for us. So how do we do this? How do we become more like Christ? How do we become? Uh, how do we live like He did? And uh, v- the verses two and three tells us. It says, "Or oh, uh, be completely humble and gentle." I remember in Galway we had a, we had a. I won't tell you the nationality because I don't want the the. the detainted, but we had a guy and it was pretty obvious he had difficulties relating to other people and he had quite a quite a high power job in, in a computer company and was one of the main bosses in this computer company, but he ruled with an iron rod he was a dictator he was a little mini Hitler, is what they called him in his work, and He came to me one day and he says... And and with that came this uh, word, pride. He was just full of it. And it it kept people at a distance. But it was his way of coping... With not dealing with the issues in his life. And I remember him coming to me one time... On a Sunday. And he said, Trevor, I've been away for the weekend. And God has dealt with pride in my life. And I'm expecting to see a change in his speech, in his demeanor, and the way he treats people. And it wasn't very long before we realized, you know, whatever happened on the weekend, it wasn't what we had thought was going to happen to change those things in his life. Something happened, yes, but it wasn't... It didn't get worked out in his life. So probably the Lord spoke to him about pride in his life. He probably genuinely repented of it and thought that was it. You see, there's got to be a follow on. That's the start, it's not the finish. We've got to work these things out. If your if stronghold is anger, it's not just good enough to say sorry and then to just keep doing the same thing again and again. Because that devastates God wants us to become more like Christ, and who of all of us have suffered the way He suffered, and at every right? Yeah, uh, we you know when the when when the when the crowd said, "If you're Christ, save yourself," or one of the one of the the thieves in the cross says, "And while you're at it, save us as well." it would have been the easiest thing in the world for Jesus to come off that cross could have done it like that why did he not? because it would have interrupted God's plan and we wouldn't be here today yes he would have won a battle but he wouldn't have won the war and he won the war by going the whole hog and giving his life voluntary and willingly for us so be completely humble be gentle Gentleness, I'll tell you. You'll see gentleness in women more so than men. But you see when it's in a man, it's a very distinctive thing. And we need to work at that man. Gentleness in men is a wonderful thing. When my father died... um, and we just celebrated, or remembered, celebrated, remembered his anniversary on the 5th, the last Sunday. And <coughs> yesterday we remembered my mums. They died within six days of each other at the start of O one. one So a lot of you know that. But I remember one of the paper uh, cuttings. You know when you get the paper cuttings uh, uh, and pe- people put in sympathy. And one of my cousins... He would be my father 's sister 's daughter, just um, put in you know, details of 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 the sympathy and just said one uh, one of life 's true gentlemen, and for those who knew him, you know what i 'm talking about. He was a gentleman in every sense of the word, and I thank God for that. Did we get on all the time it doesn 't mean to say you 'll get on all the time I mean theologically, we would have been poles apart. But there was something of a gentleness in him because he allowed God to change his life from being a compulsive gambler overnight and walking away from it and getting free of it. We've got to be completely, or as the uh, New Living Translation says, always be completely humble and gentle. We've got to be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now this is a great one. Uh, I like the way the New Living Translation puts this. It says, make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Now if you're sitting beside somebody you know really well, you know one of their faults, don't you? somebody said no I don't have any faults we do know our faults come on let's be real and sometimes what the enemy does in churches he he tries to allow people's faults to keep us and them at a distance but the word says we are to make allowances for each other's faults why? because of your love because of your love What's the new commandment we're given? To love one another. What's the number one goal in our lives? To be like Christ, to love God, um, Father, Son and Holy Spirit with all our mind, all our heart, all our strength and all our body. And to love our neighbour as ourselves? And we're to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's a wonderful statement we are to make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit when it says make every effort guess what it doesn't come naturally we have to work at it and we can have our opinion and we can have our say and we can even say well I have certain rights But remember, the word says, keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. That's hard to do sometimes, because of our natural man. We might think in a meeting like this this morning, I'm sure that's great. But you know, it's hard to do in the nitty-gritty of everyday life. Because you know what we have to do? We have to take ourselves and we've got to go to the cross ourselves. We've got to go to the cross and nail some part again and again back on the cross. And where where, where we don't do that, where we allow uncrucified flesh to dwell in us, we'll always end up with relational difficulties doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. That states for heaven. But we're allowed to try to aim for that on planet earth as much as we can. So what does living a life worthy of the calling really mean? I've written down, there's ten things down here. This is what it says. Number one, it means telling the truth when a lie looks so much easier. Some of these just speak for themselves. Many of us have been in situations and you know the truth's going to cost you. And it would be so easy just to... Even not a... Even not a as some people say not a big lie. Or, or not a... It was only a wee white lie. That's a lot of rubbish. A lie is a lie is a lie. And a lie is sin. And we can cover it up any way we want. But we need to tell... We need, we need to be people who tell the truth. Number two says, it says it means say no when everything within you wants to say yes. You see, it's going against the flesh. That's the war that Paul talked about, the spirit and the flesh. We're never really free from it. But we make decisions day by day that enable us to walk more fully in it. And practice does make perfect. It really does. It it does it at sport. It does it in in college. It does it in every sphere of life. Guess what? When it comes to the Christian life, it does the same. You try it. Just try doing some of these things and keep on doing them. And it, it does become the natural way of thinking and the natural way of acting. It says it means standing up when you'd rather sit down. And many people are like that. I know I am. Something said and you think, should it or shouldn't it? And, you know, we just sometimes need to just take the bull by the horns. It means loving when you'd rather hate. That sounds a hard word, doesn't it? But, you know, we camouflage that word hate for a whole lot of different things. It means giving to God what you have and trusting Him for the rest. One of the most important jobs that it needs to be somebody with faith is the treasurer in a church. As long as they allow the leadership to have faith in some of the discussions that they have. Because we need to be people of faith. And yes, we can work everything out, but somewhere down the line the books are not going to balance. And we need to be in faith that they will balance. And take that risk and move forward in that way. Otherwise, if we calculate everything to the hilt, and we have done that, and we've, we, we have uh, as we've said to you at our meetings, we, we, have, we have cut everywhere we, need, we, know, we know we've needed to cut. But we didn't think somebody was going to come and offer us a hundred euro a week. Thank God that they did. And if it lasts a month or lasts a year or it lasts five years, so be it. God is encouraging us in that. And he wants us to move forward. And wouldn't it be great if we met, matched that 100 euro, whatever way we can. Lord, give us ideas. Right now, put something in our minds. Right now. I was reading my devotional this morning. And God put two things in my mind to do in the next Sort of top priority. Two things that I know I need to do, and a, and, and a word that He gave through somebody else, He brought it back to my mind, and I said, "Lord, I put it down." And said, "Lord, give me the give me the, the strength to follow through with this and to do it." It means not compromising in your stance against sin. We should not be afraid of the word sin, and the world loves sin. The problem is, some believers love sin. And it's one thing that we're told to hate, because God hates it. So if you haven't got a real hatred for sin, ask God for that. Repent and ask God to give you a hatred for sin and a love for righteousness. It means giving when it would be easier not to. How many times have we been in that situation? And we've been, and we've felt the nudging of the Spirit, and we've thought, now, if I give this, what if? If it's God, if it's God, and I say that um, honestly, with integrity, if it's God, He will supply. If it's man trying to get money out of you, don't touch it. Don't touch it, because it's not God. It says, it means choosing Christ, listen to this, day by day, moment by moment, choice by choice, and breath by breath. In other words, it's all of life. We want to make a difference, it's going to affect not just our meetings on a Sunday, not on a Wednesday night, not just our gatherings together, but it's going to affect every area of our lives. Every day. Every day. That's how we make a difference. It means giving of ourselves to something beyond what the eye can see. It has to be faith, but not beyond what the heart knows is true. So there's going to be a, 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 a cooperation between what we see by faith and what we know in our heart. What God has said and what is a, we, we're standing for in faith for God to do. And it means being like Christ. Are you ready to live a life worthy of the calling you have received? What a challenge. Is it possible? Yes it is. God wouldn't put it in his word and ask us to do it if it wasn't possible. How is it possible? If you try to do it in your strength you haven't a hope. But somehow it's plugging into this, this power source. This Dynamics that the Bible talks about. This power from heaven that enables us to do, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If you've got John 15, verse 16, and I'm going to close with this. John 15, verse 16. This is what it says You did not choose me. You know, sometimes I listen to prayers. Um, in prayer meetings and you'd think that we did God a favour by becoming a Christian you you know well Lord I'm here now and uh, what do you want me to do and uh, we can get into a mindset that you know well you know God's, God's there for us he is there for us but we, we need to have the right it goes on to say we didn't, you did not choose me but I chose you so I want you to say with me I'm chosen by God and it says "I appointed you and I'm appointed by God it says I, you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit So say with me, I'm going to go and bear fruit. And it says fruit that will last. It's it's not going to fade. It's not going to be here today and gone tomorrow. It's not a five day wonder or a seven day wonder or a month wonder. It's it's going to stay the fruit that that we bear. But here, listen to this at the end of the verse. Then... Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Wow. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that would last. And if we don't go and bear fruit, guess what? It affects our prayer life. He's saying here, Jesus, this is speaking in John 15, the vine and the branches he says, if you go and bear fruit and fruit that will last in other words, if you realize you're called by God that you're anointed by God we may not think we're very anointed at times but you know, if the word says it, guess what, we are and if, if God has anointed us and called us to go and bear fruit a fruit that will last well then it says then he will give us whatever we ask you know why? because we'll be asking in his perfect will we won't have to we won't have to fast and pray and find out what his will is isn't it amazing? I reckon 80-90% to 90% of the will of God is written in the word of God and the devil has, has played a blinder And messing with Christians trying to discover the will of God. And I reckon if we put into practice what we know is the will of God. Loving one another. Loving our neighbor. Not hating. Not envying. Not gossiping. Not bickering. Not wanting my rights. All the whole host of the... We put those things into practice. You know what? The 10 or 20% of the will of God, which is basically where you go, what you do, and who you do it with. We'll flow into that. It na- almost comes out of a natural reaction of fulfilling what is already in the word. So you are chosen and you are anointed by God. So I want you to say, it seems so simple to say it. I want you to say, I am chosen. And I am appoint, appointed by God. <laughs> Sorry, it's not anointed, it's appointed. But you know, if we're if chosen and appointed, we're also anointed. It says, by God. you're not." This isn't by River of Life. It isn't by your church, if you're visiting with us today. This is by God. God has chosen you and God has appointed you. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. God has done it. He says he's done it. And what's he done it? What's what's it for? Why are we chosen and why are we appointed to go and bear fruit? We can't stay and bear fruit. We've got to go and bear fruit. What does that mean? It means wherever God takes us, it means in our school, in our college, in our work, in our. wherever God is, whether our neighbours, our families, our friends, our relatives, our enemies, whatever. Somebody said, love your enemies, for after all, you made them. <laughs> Go and bear fruit. Bearing fruit has a direct relation with the effectiveness of our prayer life. How do we bear fruit? Do you know how we bear fruit? We stay connected. We stay connected. Listen, for the 16 people that put down in your forms last week what you're hoping for for 2014. I just found these up in the, the library this morning. It says, connect with God every day. There's some of them on the table. I'm, I left them out deliberately. We didn't ask people to put their names on the on the forms, and that's okay. But take one of them and get one of these things that gets us into the Word every single day. We've got to stay connected, and we've got to, And as we connect with the Vine, guess what? The natural outworking of that, as we barefoot, we actually don't even have to think about it. It's a natural thing. It's a it's a principle of law. We just stay connected. And guess what? When we're in the Word, when we're talking with God on a daily basis, you know, in our relationships, what flows is what we're we're being connected to. What we're learning. And yes, learning. Even those that are saved 20 and 30 and 40 years, we're still learning as we do our devotions every single day. There's something God has given us a fresh, a fresh um for. There's something that He's speaking to us about on an ongoing basis. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appoint you. What does the call of God stand for? Four things: the C stands for commitment. Anybody that has done anything, if you look at I love a question of sport. Rachel and I watch that um, usually together. Quiz pro, program. But they bring on sports people. You know, every one of them are dedicated to their sport. And how I wish that we as Christians were dedicated not to a sport, but to following after Him. Not just when we feel like it, or when the, the Spirit leads us. The Spirit's always leading us to do it. It should be a, should be a daily thing. But we need to get committed. And what does commitment mean? It means four days. It means devoted. It means dedicated. And it means determined. I'm only giving you three. <laughs> it means devoted, dedicated and determined no matter what. See, we're not in this thing to see if it works. We're not giving God a go to see if he ever ever works. We, I don't know about you, but I'm committed to life. This is for the long haul. There's no there's no Plan B. We're it. We're it. A is available. God, all God wants is our availability. You know what? There are people here, and you're very gifted. You have a lot of ability, but you know what? It means nothing if it's not committed to God because he can take the most the least gifted person and use them for his glory so once he can use our ability as long as we dedicate it to him and to his service and then we've got to be loving so we've got committed, we have available and love is the key The Beatles got it right. All you need is love. But they got the source of the love wrong. But the message, that's why that was probably a very popular song in their day. Because they got the message right but they got the wrong source. One of them had the nerve to say in an interview that they were more popular than Jesus Christ. God forgive him. God forgive him. And then we need to be loyal. We need to be in it to the end. Love needs to be the motivation for everything we do, otherwise we're sunk. And as we finish this morning, let's let's think these things through. We want to live lives that are worthy of the calling. There are some people here today and you're not living it like that. And you've got a choice to make. And the choice is yours. Nobody can make it for you. I'm going to hand back to John. But I I really would encourage you to think these things. Don't just make some sort of a light response to this. Because this will and could change your life. Amen.